Hello and welcome to Lost Art. I'm Gar and I'm here with Paul. How are you? This week we're going to be doing, what, what do we call it, misunderstood Misunderstood artists, artists I yeah. think, yeah. So these are acts that we think maybe either have a bad rap or people just don't understand what they're throwing. Throwing? Throwing? <laughs> throwing to do. Throwing what they're trying to do. Uh, this was this was kind of difficult because there's, it, it's hard to it's hard to do this one and not just do a lot of bands that you really like and you kind of want to defend. That's, yes, that is to a degree part of this. I think so. Uh, I I try to stretch out from stuff that I wouldn't listen to all that often. Well, these are some of my favorite artists, but I feel there's different reasons they can be misunderstood, and we'll go through them. And not, it's not just like they're misunderstood because they're bad, and I don't think they're bad. I think they're good, therefore they're misunderstood. Yeah. Not always like that. Yeah. There has to be a reason behind it. It has to be like a... Maybe they were tried and convicted in the court of public opinions, and yeah. it, they were wrong. They I can were wrong. I can, I can understand a lot of these misconceptions. Yeah. Uh, some, of them, some of them will just be me going, they're deadly, why don't yeah. you like them? Stop you, you sup. Stop liking, stop not liking things I like. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Right, so uh, what's your first one? My first one is a song by the Smiths. Okay. The reason I picked Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others is it represents the humour that they had, that people don't think they have. A lot of people that are not Smiths fans, mm. especially out like, people I know will go, geez, they're a miserable band. They're not wrong in saying they're a miserable band, but it's unfair to say that they don't have a wicked sense of humour. Yeah, there's definitely like a gallows humour situation there. Absolutely, yeah. just... It's not even like subversive. It's just out there in the open. His lyrics are so obvious. I think people take his lyrics way too seriously. We're talking about the Smiths now, not yeah, anyone else. Yeah, just <laughs> not any solo projects <coughs> or, yeah. or people in, sp- in particular up yeah. in the Smiths. Um, yeah, the, the Smiths definitely. I remember when I was younger, I would not listen to the Smiths simply because the people that I knew that listened to the Smiths were all a pain in the arse. Yeah, they like, never like Tool fans. The, Kind of, but they were not as not as bad. <laughs> yeah, they're not. No, no one's as bad as Till fans. Not really. Um, but there was something about Smith's people that it, it, they were a band that took over people's lives. Um, yeah. So if you were a Smith's head, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you wouldn't listen to because of that. Because right? yeah. yeah, like uh, you weren't really you weren't really supposed to listen to, like the Cure yeah. and the Smiths. You had to pick one. You had to pick one, which is bullshit, you know. Yeah. But but that that's of the the band's own creation as well, in particular Robert Smith. And the but, fact um, that, the, yeah, they, they didn't like each other. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't like each other. So it became a thing where it was Smiths versus The Cure, yeah. which is madness. You know, yeah. I mean, they don't sound alike in any way, no. shape or form. But a, lot they, of those, a lot of people would think they sound alike. They don't listen to them, yeah. They don't get it's into part them. of the misunderstanding exactly. of that as well. They just assume it was 80s they're considered, kind of they're, they're, British The two stuff. of them are considered two of the most miserable bands in the world. Yes. That, that's, the Cure are incredibly misunderstood, but it wasn't putting The Smiths and The Cure on yeah. there. Yeah, so The Cure have songs that are overwhelmingly joyous as well. Obnoxiously happy. Yeah, like disgusting. Yeah. Like... The Smiths don't really, not really. No, they, they don't. They have songs. No, they're not happy songs. They, uh, the <coughs> no. the music and the delivery is miserable. I give people that. It's very serious. Lyrically, yeah. he he hides little jokes, little kind of smirky kind of yeah. jokes, and, and so and like his attempt at, at trying to be. I also smarter. I also fucking didn't pick some girls are bigger than others. Just realised that you did not. I picked girlfriend Nakama. Absolutely did. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't, want, didn't want to correct you because <laughs> we could have changed it. Mm. No, we're not changing it. Same, same difference. Well, because in my head, I was thinking they have songs like "Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others," mm. uh, "Big Mouth Strikes Again," "She'll Take a Bow." Have little bits of humor in them. I think that. What's funny is both of those songs are about women. All their songs. And Morrissey wrote it. Lo- loads of yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and loads of the songs are about big girls. Yeah, not into either of those. Yeah, at some all. girls are bigger than others. Yeah, not into either of those at all. Is Latin. he into anyone? Yeah, he, he likes. Uh, 
Looks lads every now and again. I think that's it. He looks skinhead lads. Does he? Yes. It's an interesting. He looks skinhead lads. There was a big uh, kind of gay skinhead movement in the 80s. And a lot of uh, kind of gay lads were on the fence about coming out, kind of gravitated towards it because it was like a hard man look. Yeah. You know, but they were going to gay clubs and dancing. Now That's it, where, like, right said Fred and all that, that kind of... Now a different type of skin has yes. gravitating <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. No, That's where we, actually, we are actually going to cover that in another, yeah, in another right podcast. Right yeah, but yeah, right I have to pick the Smiths because I think that they... I try to tell people that you're definitely in your right mind to not like them for all the, a lot of reasons they say. People go, can't stand his voice, Grant. There's no argument there. No. If you don't like his voice, you don't like his, yeah. You can't listen to them. You do nothing about that. Fair enough. Uh, don't like him as a person, Grant, absolutely. Fine. But you can't say that they haven't got a fantastic sense of humour. Really dry. Or and a really monstrous back catalogue. Like, Jesus, yeah. It's hard to find. Things. And it's, it's, all, it's all done in a few years. Oh, yeah. Smith's rough. Six years of albums. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I, I would assume it's definitely under eight and anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like from what hand and glove all the way up to the Queen is Dead. Yeah. Like, for single, I think it was hand and glove. I think we're talking five or six. Yeah. Could be. Could be all. I think it was all rough trade as well, wasn't it? Um, I think all of it. I think all of it was rough trade. trade. I believe so. So I do. They wouldn't have been anywhere near factory or any of that, surely wouldn't No. No, so, yeah. No. Um, yeah, I just had to put Trow Smiths in there for the fact that I absolutely love that dark sense of humour that they have in it. Yeah. Naturally, it's going to be a dark sense of humour in that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, people who know will know, like... Listen, it took me years to cop on that I like the Smiths. Yeah. Um, years and years and years. I, like I said, when I was a kid, I couldn't do it. I saw everybody wearing those meat as murder t-shirts and patches on their shitty canvas bags going to yeah. school and it just wasn't for me. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Now, in saying that, at that stage in my life, I would have been listening to Exodus and Megadeth and Slayer. And, and all the hardcore. Yeah. Not even, that kind of no. came a little bit later, but yeah. um, like all the bog standard metal and kind of crappy rock would have been my bag. So if, some, if somebody played a Smith song to me back then, it would have sounded like like I liked them the a flower opening, and I wouldn't I have done anything. I was too young. I, too, too, I was too young to remember what my first Smith song was, but I remember as a kid how soon is now was the yeah. first one that absolutely grabbed yeah. me, yeah. and that could have went under songs that don't really sound like the band too much. It it does sound like the Smiths, but it doesn't really. It it kind of stands on its own a little bit. I, t- I find that song to be there's particular layers to that song that yeah, don't exist that in, don't, other, in other Smith songs. In other exactly, Smith songs, yeah, yeah. which is weird. You wouldn't know it was them, but. Um, that stands out yeah. but the more I dug in the more I got that sense of humour and I don't even know if he's half the time trying to be funny sometimes he's, he's, he's going out of his way to try to be witty yeah like he, he like but I don't even know if sometimes he, some of the things I think he says I don't really realise think he realises that some of it is genuinely funny as well I know when he's trying to be funny and it is yeah. funny and I do that's, that's the reason I picked him like he is a character yeah, he's <laughs> a character. He's a character. And, and uh, now moving on quickly, yeah. what's your next one? My uh, first one is a band called Shed Seven. Yeah, I like, like Shed Seven. I picked a song called "Going for Gold." Of all of those uh, Britpop bands yeah. of the kind of early nineties, like these guys formed in uh, York in nineteen ninety. York, York, from York. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they broke up in two thousand and three, and they got back together again in two thousand and seven. Now I did not know they got back together again in two thousand and seven. I thought they got back together again about maybe two years ago because they put out uh, they put a out new the album. album. I heard that song off super, it. Yeah, the, the lead single yeah, off that's very good. Very good. I bought that on LP. Strong. The day it came out it was real good. Um, I honestly thought they just got back together in like 2017, 2018. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know they got back I together again. Oh, oh, hang on, no, I did. <coughs> didn't we see them on some poster for some? They done a gig in the Olympia a few months ago. Maybe yeah, down yeah. here, and they cancelled it, and then they done it again. I, I, I can't remember. There was some. some or they Tom, did it for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there no, was some Tom Fuckery to do with the gig, or it was cancelled and, and, and moved again. But yeah. uh, 
these are one of the someone burns their disco down that's yeah exactly yeah. That's, that's a great song as well that's a great um, song they, these guys were one of that kind of wave of indie bands post Smiths indie, band, indie yeah. bands in fact and uh, they never ever ever got anywhere near the recognition of any of their bands they got, they're really unlucky bands yeah, Shed 7 are a horrifically unlucky band yeah. I think uh, they are definitely my favourite as much as I love bands like Supergrass I think they were a little bit later yeah. and they had a lot more variety they were clever on. with their singles they were, yeah <laughs> they, they fooled everybody yeah you know, absolutely they, the we, we, we discussed that didn't yeah. they yeah they did the rope and open singles you know yeah. and it, I think Supergrass were 10 times more kind of punk orientated yeah. as well than Shed yeah 7. they started much punkier yeah. Yeah. Shed 7 had this uh, this just kind of super melodic way of doing vocals and the guitars yeah. were real they were real riffy I'm not going to say they were like metal riffy but they weren't kind of chord based yeah. stuff they had like they, they always had like this kind of repetitive kind of hook that ran through the song that got you into yeah, especially it especially that new one after new album has a lovely little yeah, like there's, there's, through, yeah. there's lovely stuff there I just I just found it to be more melodic than yeah. most of those other kind of British post-Smiths let's create a new genre yeah. post-Smiths um, kind of indie bands like there was a bunch of them out there and yeah, they well all of them had their Pros and cons. I enjoyed all the uh, all the EPs and the uh, the albums that Shed Seven put out. I yeah. have, um, when, I, when I went back to dig in, I was like, "Oh, they got unlucky. They could have oh, been bigger, bigger than so many bands that yeah. have way less." Some, something happened material. there. I'm not entirely sure. I think they jumped label a couple of times because they were never happy with the way things worked out for them. Right. Ever, ever happy. And um, I know when they when they broke up, I was reading about what they done after they broke up, and it's like it's not like any of them went on to like. No, be, be a guitarist in, in a big band or yeah, producer. Yeah, like, oh, such and such is uh, joining Mother's Mouse. That didn't happen. Like the lads went off, and one of them started. <laughs> one of them started a company that uh, designs software for running pub quizzes in England. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I can't. I can't like that anyway. Yeah. I do run a karaoke. Night. Yeah. It's, it's not a million miles. Still, it? imagine going from like playing, playing giant festivals all over Europe and yeah. like being actually talked about because they were talked about. They just weren't infamous, you know. You got to pay the bills. You do have to pay the bills, and nobody's buying your fucking records. Like you yeah. have to design that. I was quiz surprised software. that they never. They should have been huge. Because my favorite song by them is Bully Boy. Bully Boy is great. And uh, I heard it on, I heard it when you know on MTV or whatever radio station it was. But then I was kind of, kind of didn't grab me straight away for some reason then I remember seeing it on um, a compilation of Gianfranco Zola Chelsea passes and moves or whatever mm. it was on Match Today and they used that I think he was leaving Chelsea and it was coming on and then it was on a Shine compilation you know the Shine compilations? Yes which actually were very well put together uh, indie versions of Now That's What I Call Music there's, um, and that stood out in a big time, and I was like, God, this band are actually. They were bit. used in lots of their loads of yeah. those uh, kind of football. Yeah, they were, yeah, because they have. The, yeah, well, they, don't, band, they, like. they almost have the voice for the football yeah. thing. It's almost that kind of uh, genre, but um, your man's voice is a little bit better than I think people give credit. Oh, I'm 100. He's, he's, he's a belter. Like my yeah. favorite song of theirs is called "Where Have You Been Tonight," and it's super. They have one called uh, "I Pick On for Goals for This." Cause I think it's a better intro to the band yeah we, that's what we should say as well we didn't pick our favourite songs but when we pick songs that might introduce, either, yeah. uh, boost our point about yeah. them being misunderstood or else maybe introduce them to people that yeah. have, have torn shut the gates on it and gone yeah. no no yeah. anyway yeah. that's uh, that was Shed 7 yeah. coming in at number 475 in the yeah. top 500 <laughs> um, what's your next one uh, I think he's very misunderstood well okay. he doesn't do himself any favours okay Producer, rapper from Chicago. Okay. You're getting know. warmer. I know, I know. Yeezy. Oh, Kanye West. Yeah. All right. Now, 
my mind was changed by him because like I've talked about before I do try and change my own mind or at least back up my dislikes and I never liked Kanye West music because what I heard from him was uh, Jesus Walks and that's a huge song but I never actually liked it I'm not even a massive fan of Gold Digger to be perfectly honest with you so but th- th- so those are the two ones I would have went okay grand then the graduation period and stuff like that that's not really the kind of hip hop I listen to I need a bit more weirdness and aggression now those are, they are they are classic hip hop albums and they're really well put together incredibly produced he he was a great producer before he was a rapper. He's, so he, he did. You Jesus. could absolutely do an entire podcast on the, just tracks and albums he's produced. That he produced. Yeah. Like, seriously, Jay-Z is the, was the main one. He was his producer for a long time. Um, Nas, Drake, Lil' Kim, Lil' Wayne, all the Lil's. Fucking, he wrote uh, Hip Hop by Dead Press. That's his. Oh, God, what like, a song. Exactly. You know, you know what I mean? That's his. That now is he, I know, such a great I'm, I'm a Kanye fan, and like yourself, I'm, I'm even a, I'm a more recent convert than you. It was you who converted me, because I was like everybody else. I was like, now fuck this dude. I'll tell you when, when my mind changed. Right, I remember I was reading Pitchfork for me sins, which isn't as bad as people make it out to be. It doesn't do itself any favors, Pitchfork. But I remember seeing, uh, I was looking for, I was looking to make a hip hop compilation for myself with stuff I hadn't really heard, and his album, My Dark Twisted Fantasy which is one I hadn't heard really anything off bar uh, the song that was uh, Power. I had heard Power. That was okay. I actually liked it because they used the King Crimson yeah. sample. And uh, I said, you know what? This album is rated like 9.7 on this. And I went to check everywhere. Massively highly rated. I was like, is it that's just new highly rated? As in new people like it because it's cool. shit on yeah. in the fourth week. Yeah. That's it, yeah. So I listened to my Dark Twisted Fantasy on the bus on the way into Thomas House actually one day. Never heard of it. Oh yeah, it's, it's, no. My mate Thomas has a house. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas has a house, and I stuck it on. And I swear to God, within two songs, I was like, "This is off to a killer start." Yeah. So it starts with a, uh, "Can we get so high?" You know that song, yeah. and then it goes into this song, "Gorgeous," which is a rap rock song, and that's when I went, "There's no way Kanye West can be good. There's no way I'm not having it." By the time I got to the end of the album, I was like, "Jesus Christ, that is a solid album." So what I did was then went back and the album before that was this kind of 808s and Heartbreak the, the kind of more synthy more yeah. old school one it's okay so I decided to not go back too much further because I went to graduation they're all good but I went forward what's he doing now Jesus yeah fuck off yeah Jesus Proper Christ off. that's the one that's the one that got me going yeah. wow when you when you told me to listen to Black Skinhead yeah and I, I was fully just expecting another because I, I, I knew of him through his production work, and then when that uh, Jesus Walk song came out, I thought that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. And then Gold Digger, I was like, okay, that's Gold Digger. That's okay as well. But I, I know that he was known in circles as the Chipmunk voice guy because uh, every song he produced had that fast forward, yeah, thing, right? That Everyone was huge them, for a while. Yeah. And he was like, he was at the front line of that, and he always used that in loads of songs. Yeah. And when you said, listen, you have to listen to this Black Skin Head song. And I put it on, and it's just, it's, I'm, to this day, I'm pretty sure it's a Gary Glitter sample, right? I thought it was Marilyn Manson. I don't think so. I, think it, I don't think so. It could be right. I think it's Gary Glitter. I think it it's doing to be in my gang. I think it is. <laughs> um, and it's got the, that weird TARDIS Doctor Who fucking thing going on as well. But I, I listened to that, and uh, that was it. Forget it. It was over. Over. It's, it sounded like industrial metal. It is. The guitars. Jesus' album, is, which is the one I want to focus on, is sounds like an industrial yeah. rap rock yeah. album. And it is crazy experimental. Yeah. The song I picked is I Am A God. It's not my favourite song off the album, but I do think it's a good example of him. Um, just, there's a bit in it where 
everything stops and a synth comes in and he just sounds like he's running away from something and he's screaming and panting. Like in the middle of a song, like he just sounds like he's running away from screaming and panting. Mm. No music went like that. And of course, the famous lyrics that made me laugh so much that I went, I'm in love with this album, where he goes, uh, hurry up with my damn massage in a French ass restaurant, hurry up with my damn croissants. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah. But it's so stupid that I laughed. And I, because he doesn't know when he's being funny. Yeah. Ever. He, yeah, he's, he has no actual sense of humor. I don't think really. 100%. He is, his, his brain works on a different level, shall we say. Yeah. I think he's, he lives on a different shelf. Absolutely. So. I mean, because now he does not do himself any favors and he can come across as an absolute dickhead. Well, he's, Obviously suffers greatly from mental health issues, which is the Definitely. buzzword of Bo- the bipolar. He's coming out and said he's it's bipolar. Real. Yeah, yeah, like and really that makes does. sense. Yeah, um, he he really has uh, a weird. <laughs> I th- I was talking to somebody about this a few weeks ago. He has such an overly exaggerated, like inflated sense of ego. Well, that's that's why I picked. I am a god. Yeah, he's not joking. He's not messing. He believes yes. that he is God's gift to all articles, and he's talking to God in the song. Yeah. Remember the verse? He's talking to God. He one hundred percent. You're right. Like he actually believes he is an actual gift from on high to yeah. the, not just music to all art and all culture. Yeah. And he believes that he could run for president of the United States um, and absolutely. sort it out in a week. Yeah, you know that was his. Whatever. That was one of his downfalls with the whole clothing line stuff yeah. if you have your ego that big and you're surrounded by yes men and you go do you reckon I could do clothes it's massive industry but if you fuck it up it's massively expensive yep. and I think he lost a lot of money on that he um, didn't lose money on the, on the shoes initially no he didn't but like shoes are insane yeah, they go but, for insane money yeah but how much is that does he, does he eventually make but I think Adidas are making those for him not anymore. Didn't he break up with them or did he break oh, up with Nike? He had a bad, bad divorce with either Nike or Adidas. Somebody anyway, was making them. All that shit can fuck up. I'm, yeah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Do you not like jumpers that like the back of them was down to your knees? Do you not like yeah, that? Yeah, brilliant. That are the colour of uh, baby's you scutter. See, you see, do you know what? The more I think about it is maybe if his music is pushing it that far, far forward and Yeezus is a massively, massive jump. Half of the half of his fan base hated it. Half of them loved it. Yeah. A lot of your basic, traditional a lot of basic heads, white yeah. idiots like me went oh deadly yeah. I can relate to this because it's, it's distortion yeah, yeah yeah yeah. and if you listen to the very very start album it's going to either put you off or hook you in because it's an aggressive horrible really really just it's a really kind of grim sound at the very start the synth, synth that he used I think he had Daft Punk on it which makes he it's the first time he got other people in to help him really I think properly so Daft Punk would have been the reason for some of those synths that were used and anyway I just think that it's not going to... Me, me talking about this is not going to really hook a lot of people in. They've already made their mind up about Kanye West. And the reason he's on the, con, uh, the misunderstood lists is because I do think he's misunderstood in terms of when he calls himself a genius, although you should never call yourself a genius, he's not... In, the, in terms of rap and hip-hop and production, he could be up there as a genius within that field. Yeah. I know that um, Trent Reznor hates him. Which is interesting. Probably because he tried to rob some of his music. Because like, honestly, Yeezus sounds like it could be some Nine Inch Nails stuff in there. Possibly. It also sounds like Death Grips as well. Um, Death Grips, I can't do. I've tried. Yeah, they don't have the hook for me. It's just, it's just a lot of it's just noise, um, and I don't mind noisy stuff because I know that um, who was it? He done Trent Reznor done albums with Saul Williams as well. Yeah, that had that right. kind of industrial feel yeah. as well. That, I remember the first time. When, when that album he produced for him, for Saul, came out trying to listen to it, I wasn't into it. But I reckon now after kind of getting myself up to speed with some of these Kanye tracks, I reckon I could go back and appreciate it a bit more. Yeah, I think that um, he takes all the abuse and stuff like that, 
people think that you know whatever he takes all that so seriously he takes it really to heart and it really like there's a story about him when he was uh, doing a festival or else a show and Radiohead were on it mm. and he goes I have to meet them they're one of my favourite bands of all time so Radiohead are one of Kanye West's favourite bands of all time doesn't surprise me in the slightest no not, not at all now no. it doesn't and uh, apparently he walked up to Tom York and went oh, I'm a big fan and Tom York was like fuck off who are you no, we know he was. Fuck off. Tom York's in the news. Uh, he probably thought he was taking the piss. Quite, quite possibly. I know Tom York's in the news this week saying that he loves uh, Billy Eilish. Oh, or no. Billy Eilish for a different podcast. Yeah. You know what? That's a real trap for me because you look like a sap, an uncool guy. Yeah. Uncool old guy if you say you don't like Billy Eilish. But I just don't actually like the music. Mm. I'll give her the props if they were great. I don't like that lazy Tyler Rabbin. Although, I only found her recently. She has... Uh, Tourette's and she's on medication so maybe that moves where she's a little bit sounds a little bit sl- automatically yeah a little bit uh, slower than yeah, and, yeah but okay. uh, no we're not going to talk about him we're going to talk about Kanye West and listen if you like Daft Punk and Nine Inch Nails just yeah. give it a go Deal. don't Jesus don't read into the lyrics too much yeah it's a lot a, not filler lyrics but they're just a lot of it's just weird I think Black Skinhead is brilliant lyrically I think the whole song of that. Listen to Black Skinhead. Listen to Black Skinhead or I Am A God. I was going to pick Black Skinhead, but I went with I Am A God just for the the fact that it's not um, it's not as accessible Mm. and it might give you more of an insight. Who's your next one? My next one is uh, the Decemberists. Right. Yeah, I didn't know much of them until you. Um, I would have put them as a little folk band. Yeah. um, I heard the Decemberists. Jesus, it must have been. Maybe 2005, 2006. I know they started in like the year 2000, I believe. Um, they're from oh, Portland amazing, in Oregon. That doesn't surprise me. Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the singer, the singer Colin Meloy or Meloy, I don't know, uh, let's say Meloy, um, he's not from there. He's from like Montana or something like that. And he moved to Portland, I'm not sure. But, that um, would make more sense if he's from Montana and they have that vibe. Yeah. Now, when I. I had heard of them before I actually heard them. Yeah, tell me what I misunderstood. Yeah. Now, when I heard of them, Forced, I automatically kind of lumped them in with the this kind of proto hipster kind of you know like your dead cab for cutie and and I don't even know like a uh, a million other bands that have this kind of wishy washy sound right. But just by the name, you're talking about yeah, just by the the bands that I was hearing people talk right, about right, them right. in conversation with. So like they, they were they were getting lumped into this you know this kind of Weezerish. You know, big thick glasses and stupid haircut, kind of skinny jean, uh, proto. Like we've got hipsters now to have whatever Hitler you haircuts and fucking wear corduroy. That thankfully that's doing off. But before that, it was lads with big thick speck, fucking specs, skinny jeans and the like, Converse. And every band they were into sounded the fucking exact same. Right? They just had this vibe about them. And I remember hearing the album Picaresque which would have been one of the kind of bigger ones. And it does have a song on it um, that's very much in that vein. It's called 16 Military Wives. And it was, uh, they actually released a video on BitTorrent, which is weird. Jesus. BitTorrent. BitTorrent, yeah. BitTorrent. The, the, well, what the year video. was that? Would have been 2002 Four, or three, Something like that. It would have been early 2000s anyway. And uh, all the nerds went fucking mad for that, obviously. Uh, but I heard that album, and there was a couple of songs in it that were so different from what I expected that... It made me pay attention. Now, eventually, they started growing into, to, at such a pace that it, they became this weird amalgamation of this. They have this kind of sixties, you know, the mamas and the papas kind of vibe, or yeah. like, even like a slice of like the carpenters in there. But they mix it with with like a Neil Young meets 
there's definitely elements of the Smiths in there because your man Colin, the oh, singer, 100%. he's obsessed with. And as we found out there, isn't bit REM as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's a lot of that kind of early uh, indie stuff there, but it's such an amalgamation of styles that I, I feel like people write them out, write them off because of their initial, the initial kind of spark. Well, you can come in. They're one of those bands you can come in on the wrong song or the yeah. wrong album. I'll give you that. Yeah. That happens with a lot of bands. A lot of people, especially if you go on to, uh, if you went onto their Spotify, I think their number one song is the song I picked on this. What did I pick? I picked uh, Crane, the Crane Wave 3. At least you got your song right. I yeah. got my songs wrong nearly <laughs> twice. Um, oh, I picked that song. Now, it's long, but it, it's a good mix of what they're trying to do. It's got kind of orchestral stuff in it. It's got like bazooki and mandolin and 12-string guitars. and It's got a lovely little build-up. and it, It's almost got that... Uh, that Bohemian Rhapsody, Paranoid Android feel, where it's one of these multi-part kind of layered songs. So it's a good introduction for them. But I just feel like they were written off as one of these kind of hip, kind of cool American bands. And they, they, to be fair, they are, but they have a lot more to offer than that. Yeah. A lot more. They, 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 in the recent albums, they've started experimenting with this weird kind of 80s synth kind of vibe as well. It's big now. Yeah. And uh, they've been adding stuff like that in there. And there's, uh, the, the fact that most of the songs are based on like mythology and folklore and local history. The songs, the songs about Ireland. You know what I mean? Really? The, yeah. The, the, this, um, the, yeah. This. This. Yeah. So Brennan's bread and stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. God, I love Batch. that bread. Kerry <laughs> Gold. Um, somebody should write a song about Kerry Gold. It's too good not to write a song. Oh, Kerry Gold. I am. You have a song called The Shank Hill Butcher and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, He was real. He was real. He was real. He was, yeah. So, and he uh, wasn't selling me. He most certainly wasn't. Um, it's great, no? But <laughs> Chops. <laughs> He's a chop maker. That's what he was. <laughs> now, I feel like they just got a bum rap. And uh, I also believe that 80% of the people that actually took time to, to take an hour out of their day to jump through a couple of December songs will be lifelong December song, uh, lifelong December song fans. I listened to that album that you told me to listen to. I like that Cutting Stone song. I yeah. should go back to it and listen to more. Th- that new one wouldn't be the greatest representation. That, that always happens. You know, when you yeah. try and tell somebody into band, like if you try to get somebody into another band that we'll talk about, um, and you put them onto the latest album, that wouldn't be a good example. Exactly, that happens a lot. Exactly. I went on. I went on. Listened to the new album, and it was a uh, show. I'm like, no, not that one. Yeah. And they go, what about the first one? No, not that no, one. Not that one. The ones where they got good in the middle, thousands. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, December. So what's your next one? My next one are a band from Sweden. Oh yes. Um, that divide opinion a lot. Uh, I can see why a lot of people hate ABBA because <laughs> it's ABBA. <laughs> And I understand that their singles, the main singles, not all the singles, some of the singles are incredible, yeah. but stuff like Dancing Queen, Winner it's Takes It All, a horse. it's cheesy, it's too overly cheesy. Yeah. Ballad, their ballady stuff, Fernando and all, not, definitely not bad songs, but I would have, have absolutely no interest in listening to them. It's Abba's non-album tracks and some of the lesser sort of appreciated singles that yeah. I'm absolutely mad for. Yeah. There's so much going on in Abba. It's absolutely mental how much is going on in Abba. I, you can really. I made a playlist, a separate playlist of all the other stuff I like to listen to, and I showed a few people, and they were like, "I can't believe some of them songs are about." Oh yeah, yeah. you can't believe it because of the sound, but there's mad rock riffs and everything yep. going on. Yeah, the the vocal. No, no one's going to be surprised about the har- the vocal harmonies, but some of the stuff going on in them songs, especially the later stuff. So I've picked uh, the visitors, the visitors from the yeah. last album, eighty uh, two. I think it is. It's a political song. About the mistreatment of um, so, 
Soviet Union, how they how they treated the political dissidents. <coughs> this caused them, I think... Imagine Abba writing a song about this. First of all, let's take, take a step back. There's loads of this, man. Yeah. There's loads of this that are not about, I am the dancing queen, here I am, dancing like a queen. Yeah. I know those aren't the lyrics, but... I mean, that's all Close I could have heard. And it's, again, it's not a bad song, but we're talking 24th wedding megamix stuff, terrible musicals and all that crap. Yeah. The side of Abba I want to talk about is that side is like, holy shit. Yeah. That's why my, I think they're my missing. My favorite Abba song is Dujan Murano. That's the baseline that is incredible. It's, that's a great rock song. Yeah. Funk rock. That's all it is. It's yeah. a funk rock yeah. disco banger. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's the the lyrics of that are, you know, whatever. whatever. Who cares? Yeah. But they, for someone that's their second language, some of the lyrics, especially in The Visitors and a. SOS is one of them. the songwriting the, the bridges and chorus and all like this, for this for instance this song doesn't have a vocal melody in the chorus mm. it's just a synth melody hmm. so they have bridges they always have these incredible bridges so visitors have this great bridge and then the synth lead that comes in mm. absolutely incredible mm. and uh, they have they have loads of good songs I'm always trying to like tell people they are misunderstood in some ways and not others like I can get why people would go they're like, extraordinarily popular but they're extraordinarily popular by mutants for like, like yeah. you said Dancing Queen and fucking SOS and I'm sure whatever. people will say well what's your reasoning for not liking Queen because that's the exact same thing with yeah. them you know but like I have songs like uh, Marionette mm. and stuff like that and Watch Out which sounds like a, 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 it sounds like a th- above average standard stock riff, rock riff, but it's just, you wouldn't expect to hear it from them. And it does, by the end of the song, you're just like, that was actually way better than I thought it was going to yeah. start off as. And they do that a lot with layers, and the, produ- the production is obviously just well, pe- sickeningly good. People tend to forget that ABBA made albums. Do you know what I mean? Like, they did. They were, they were sometimes <laughs> yeah. concept. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Like, so. like we, we grew up around the time of like gold and stuff like that you know it was just compilation like yeah. three CD comps Absolutely, of the, yeah. the best of you know yeah. so if that's all you have to feed off and I get yeah. it you're going to see that but like dig a little bit deeper we might post the link to the uh, we don't really want to be posting our own little set lists and stuff like that but if anyone wants it the thing for Abba non-obvious ones is one of my favourite own playlists so I listen to mm. and I stick it on and people go who's this I'm like it's Abba I'm like Jesus I've never heard this song before I'm like mm. they have serious material and I I mean if you're not if you're not converted after that... Forget it. Here's your next one. <laughs> My next one is... Uh, the Presidents of the United States of America. They're misunderstood. I believe they're misunderstood. As in terms of the, like what I think, they've only got a couple of good songs, maybe? Well, I think that... They weren't a one-hit wonder band because they had no, two big two, songs. two huge songs. Yeah, they had Lump and they had Peaches. Yeah, right? they're both massive. Massive, and they're not very good. They're, they're grand. They're fine. Peaches, I can take your leave. I love Lump. Lump, Lump had a the video for Lump sold it more than the song, I believe. I'm trying to remember the video. It was when they were jumping around fighting ninjas in a swamp. Oh, yeah. No, that was Peaches. Oh, yeah, that was Peaches. <laughs> Lump was in a swamp as well. It was, yeah. yeah. The boat were in a swamp. Lump said alone in a boggy, boggy yeah. marsh. That's yeah. what's shut down now. And <laughs> Martians came in different song. Um, I, was it was it because that vocal was so accurate? Yeah, exactly. That the algorithms kind of picked yeah. that up and focused Sound on it. Sound hell, You know, I'll try and sing it okay next time, but I can't promise it's anything. Hard, it's hard to do this as, as a synthwave artist <laughs> um, with no vocals on any songs. I believe that the presence, which is a terrible, terrible name for a band, by the way, it's just atrocious. It is awful. Yes. It's just horrific. It's too long. It's too everything. It's garbage. It's um, yeah, off putting. They were. I believe that people thought they were a gimmick band um, simply because those two big lead singles. They were huge, they were popular. To this day, people remember Ward's Tomb, all that kind of garbage. Yeah. The fact that they uh, kind of invented instruments. They had the, the, the bass guitar and the git bass. 
So they put bass strings on guitars and guitar strings on basses, and they only had like one guitar at three strings, one guitar at two strings. You know, it was just these weird yeah. make you upy things. I like that. Did. Meow, 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 meow. Fuck you, little kitty. Is yeah. that the name of the song? Yeah, kitty. Again, I, I fucking kitty, yeah. I fucked up the algorithm there again. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, although we said course, so yeah, in a different cool. bracket, Grant. Um, <laughs> I liked the first album that came out because of those singles, and after a while, I hated those singles. And then the second album came out. I think it's just called Two. And uh, it was kind of more the same. It was that pop-driven yeah. rock kind of stuff. Um, so I had a couple of singles. None of the songs were as big. Yeah, uh, I was surprised by a lot of my friends who are mad into them and going to every gig and yeah. going to see them in England and yeah. stuff. I'm like, really? Yeah, they just want to hear the forced. No, no, they were, they were big fans. They oh, yeah. were, they're what you were talking about. Yeah. They had those, those like, albums. They were albums. like They kind of disappeared for a while. And uh, they came back with a couple of uh, weird albums that got no press, no promo whatsoever. None, zero. Yeah. And the songs on those ones are outrageous. Yeah. Uh, what song did I pick? I picked The Last Girl on Earth. The Last Girl on Earth. And it's uh, it's real catchy, but it's got God, this she'd weird... She'd out for it, wouldn't she? Yeah. I am running all the time. <laughs> Just legging it. Just legging it. And hiding. Sitting um, alone in a buggy merch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eating peaches. Um... Uh, me out, you oh, sorry. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I picked that song just because it's a good example of the, the the slightly different take that they went down. They start bringing more kind of blues and kind of jazz orientated stuff into their music as well, yet keeping it very poppy and yeah. sing alongy. They lost some of the kind of stupid bullshit. There wasn't as many songs about insects living in cities. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And cats running around. Um, they still have stupid fucking songs don't get me wrong but what happened was the the singer Chris Bellew he uh, he um, he started a couple of side projects one was called The Giraffes and there was a famous band called The Giraffes and it's not them he had another one and it was just him in a far track in his basement and uh, it was supposed to be it was all his his uh, child's cuddly toys and teddy bears right? and they were meant to be the people in the band so his name wasn't even on the album and it was all these songs about being a teddy bear it was just garbage Right? but it was fun as fuck and all the songs were very well written but what's interesting about him Chris Bellew the singer from the President's United States of America he used to live with Beck and he was in Beck's band at the start um, really? yeah he played with Beck for years I love Beck and uh, that was his first actual kind of paying job as a musician so he lived in an apartment with Beck for that years. must have been a rough gown actually quite possibly or maybe not well he was his born Scientologist didn't he? I believe so yeah yeah born so maybe not maybe straight as an arrow who knows um, but yeah, he lived with Beck for years and uh, he played in Beck's band I don't know whether he played on any of the albums I'm not entirely sure I'm sure uh, by the time Beck got going I'd say presidents were probably revving up as well Yeah. but yeah I, I think yeah. that they were I believe that presidents were taken as a gimmicky uh, not necessarily nostalgia band but like a humorous fun token bullshit band but in the years that they operated um, I think they knocked it on the head in 2016. Really? Did it yeah. go on that long? Yeah, till 2016. 1993 till 2016. They did a couple of little kind of breakdowns here and there. Uh, the guy who played... Mental uh, breakdowns. Yeah. The guy who played guitar went on to play in uh, Duff McKagan's Loaded. He played in Loaded. I saw years. them live and they were brilliant. Yeah. Uh, he plays in Loaded. I don't know if he does it all the time. Yeah. But uh, they put six albums out in that time. I thought they had like two. Three. Yeah. They three, a bunch three of them. maybe, yeah. They have a bunch of them. And they all get more and more kind of elaborate as time goes on because they brought new members in. They brought like a, kind of a, an organ player in and that kind of shit. But yeah, they were, uh, still to this day, I will find myself throwing on a random President's album just to remind myself of how fun they were yeah. and how serious they could get. 
you know they were quite unique for the time although you would think that like in the in the realm of cake and butthole servers they weren't but they had completely their own sound and it it definitely hooked in the pop punk crowd massively big time but also hooked in like the more fun (laughs) loving criminals and REM sort of REM fans who who laughed the odd time those ones those ones all four of them yeah all four of them so yeah we can see that (laughs) alright what's your next one they were Swedish bands. Okay. They devoid opinion. Yeah. <laughs> How people don't go, the podcast is skipping. He just yeah. said that. It's Ghost. Ghost. They had, they, had to, they had to come in eventually. They had to make to an appearance. And since they just announced another gig in Ireland, no better time. I do think they're misunderstood a lot. Now, like Abba and like the Smiths, I can completely get behind why some people don't like them. Yeah. They're, they've stepped into the realm as one of the biggest metal bands going right well you know starting off now yeah. in the last 10 years let's say and they are like bovril for people it's like you love it or yeah. you hate it 100% but I think they're misunderstood because I think the people that a lot of people that hate them think that they are just nickelback in it and just writing dirt music with like just going for the dollar now Ghost do go for the dollar yeah. let's be honest with, you. with that amount of merch and gigs yeah. they're pushing it's they're Ramping up so far, they're they're on a they're on a roll now, and they're not going to stop until something stops. Yes, yeah, just until the the, the tracks come off, like they're going, going, going. Yeah, I, I don't know when that will ever be. Look like at Troy too with that car case and all. But yeah, but I I just don't like. I'm trying to talk to some people about no, I listened to one song that was shite. I'm like, well, well is that really a, a yeah. good a good example of dig in like dig dig in a little bit more because I have sent. The song I picked is Cerise, which is my favourite song by them, and it's probably their biggest song. It's definitely their biggest, yeah. But bar maybe Square Hammer, I think, might be bigger. Maybe. Square Hammer is more... It's a pop song, you It's know. definitely a pop it's song. Th- they do do pop songs, but their pop songs, again, they're still talking about the dark side. Stone Mason, I, I considered, Devil. I considered Ghost to be Satanic Abba. Is the way I always... Well, they are. They're Black Sabbat. Yeah. Sabbat. Black Sabbat. I listened to Ghost... When was a song off um, Infinite Human, the Scooby Doo song? Year Zero. No. There, the, the bleeding. Gigolo. No. Zombie I'm, Queen. I'm, no. The biggest Spe- song. Sexual haze. Sexual haze. Sexual haze. Secular haze. Secular haze. Spectral. Sexual haze. That's a name for a band. Sexual haze. Oh, sexual haze. Secular haze. Ambiguous sexual haze. Um, yeah. yeah, Secular Haze was the song I heard first and I saw the video for it which is kind of like a top of the pops kind of Vaseline on the lens type of song and it was fine it, fine, it didn't do a lot for me it was like this is kind of fucking weird I don't that's know. that kind of more experimentally one and it didn't grab me as much initially mm. as uh, Eponymous did well it was it was around that time that Eponymous what the fuck she's like, <laughs> one of my favourite bands and I just never no there's too many to weird it. names and words I'm in, in not the good with Latin yeah. it's not good with it it was around that time that I, I start reading about them and I discovered that they were kind of they were spreading this weird rumour that uh, it was when nobody knew who anybody was in the band yeah. right and so they kept that lockdown very very well. very well and um, it was only like the hardcore that could have figured it out yeah. by accident and I read something that they designed the band to look sound and feel like a band from the late 60s that had been Definitely. forgotten about yeah, and it's rediscovered like Orange Goblin or something yeah. like that they had that feel yeah mm-hmm. But I heard Secular Haze and I was like, eh, and it was around Not that Orange time. Goblin, sorry, Suspiria people. Don't know. Yeah, that band. That one. That the prog rock band from Italy. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that music from horror films. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I heard that secular head song and I said, all right, I want to do a little bit more digging. So just called Goblin, I just remember that. Just Goblin. Just Goblin. No Orange Goblin. Yeah, just That's Goblin. That's a different band That's altogether. That's altogether a different band. Monster Magna Goblin. And I uh, went digging more and it was around that time that Meliora came out. Oh, and that game me, changer. That was like a ton of bricks. Game changer. Yeah, absolute. That's the one that locked it all down. Like I enjoy the first album and I do enjoy second album. I do enjoy Infantesimo. Yeah, I do now. great stuff on there. But it's definitely... Uh, uh, was them finding their legs yeah. you know it's like the bands for Radiohead they're finding they're finding their legs there yeah. and they nailed it them with Meliora in, oh. be- in particular with Cerise they're just firing on all cylinders yeah. we've got the heavy we've got the chanting we've got the singing we've got the hooks we've got the melody we've got the whole shebang you know I, we even have a, a video we made for Fiverr you know what I mean yeah. because they weren't I think big. an element of the misunderstanding is at least people they should have to listen If you, especially if you're a songwriter Listen to the way they write songs. Or he writes songs. It's just the harmonies. Yeah. Oh, if oh, you were to ever break them down, and I've no reason myself to mm. ever break down all the layers of the, mm. of the songs ever. I would have no reason for that. But uh, if I did, I would have to listen to some of the stuff they do with their harmonies in depth and go, Jesus, that's yeah. fucking clever. The bridges, the chorus, and the riffs. Riffs are derivative of Megadeth and Metallica and they're stuff like that. But they're, but they're folk, not yeah. direct strokes. No. There's a couple of bits and pieces that are feel like old tools. Absolutely. Um, Unabashed the, sometimes. Yeah, like the, I think the, so, the solo in he is is the solo up in Hotel California and there's, there's a bunch of that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. There's a couple of ZZ Top riffs in there. Yeah. And like, But the Swedes are known for borrowing yeah, sometimes and making this, probably making it better, probably. Maybe, maybe. I believe that they're misunderstood because they are at their core a metal band. Yeah, and I believe that ninety percent of actual metalheads are fucking me heads. Well, like, yeah, well, well, a lot of things with metalers is the what what what, what are people going to think of me? Yeah, is this hard enough? Yeah, am I going to have to hand in my metal card if exactly. I say I like something that has actual melody and yeah. a bit of thing in it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if it's not hard as fuck, a lot of them it's won't so, have it. It's, it's embarrassing to be like that. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. I've, I've known it all my life, and I just don't care. Yeah, I've, I've just. Very a banger is a banger. Yeah. And uh, Jesus, to have to restrict yourself to not just metal, but then the hardest of the yeah. metal within uh, that genre. Yeah. And you're going to listen, be listening to the same type of fucking music and the same riffs and, it's and the same albums. It's going to run, run, run out. Big like, time. All, all those yeah. genres run out. And uh, as well as that, people need to not take Ghost as seriously. They don't take themselves no. seriously. No. They sell it like a serious thing, which yeah, is the best thing about not. it. They stand behind it to the best as we know they do because yeah. we don't really know much. He's only started doing interviews as himself yeah. now. But um, like the, I would, I would, they're Scooby Doo the band, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's it, it's meant to have that kind of kitschy sixties yeah. Hammer Horror meets fucking uh, Warner Brothers cartoon, yeah. You so know, like, Hanna Barbera cartoon. So for feel. instance, his two favorite bands are Kiss yeah. and The Misfits. Yeah. And do you ever take either of those bands seriously? Exactly. Not really. Yeah. They're brilliant. Both yeah. of those bands are brilliant. Yeah. And if you add the whole horror theme to the horror movies, lyrics about the devil, which I'm actually very surprised he hasn't run out of lyrics for. He, for did, such he a, did in the last album. Well, he did in the last one. Well, it moved to, it still moved to quite kind of, I wouldn't say anti-religious because he, he doesn't, he doesn't go balls deep on the anti-religion, uh, well, kind of in this, like, you know, as obvious as you, yeah. you would think he was. I, I He's have, not shouting fuck God and this no, bullshit. No, uh, there's I mean? one reference to Lucifer in that entire album, maybe, maybe two. Yeah. And, uh, but that's fair. I mean, he did three, three and two EPs. Well, yeah, but but I, if, if the entire concept of the band is that he is like the Antichrist Pope, and uh, the singer Papa is the Antichrist Pope, and that there's a new singer for every album that's uh, three months younger than the last brother 
because they're whatever spawned in some fucking church. Evil Benjamin Buttons. Yeah, exactly. And, um, <laughs> fucking hell. The story is just outrageous. Apparently he's making a movie about the, the story. Well, it's going to be terrible because the, 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 the story itself on the outside of it is like grand but when they're making those videos I'm not really into them no, they're, they're fun but they're not they're, the yeah. humour is not it's translating not well it doesn't work uh, so well, I'd well. implore people to just listen yeah. to Meliora and a few of the riffs especially stuff like Pinnacle to the Pit and Absolution and go okay yeah. maybe you go okay I have a little bit of a different opinion now because it's easy to see what they're doing and go no I'm not into it but dig a little bit deeper with Ghosts yeah there's, there's definitely depth there, 100%. Or more, more importantly, if you get a free free ticket and you're not into them, go. Oh yeah, go and see the show. It's, different, a, it's a proper different show. Different ball game. I went to the two-hour one. I've seen I've seen the the, the festival set, which is not mm. it's, it's not good enough because you don't get enough ghosts in it. Yeah, there You don't really get the full range of their stuff. I went to the two-hour one. And uh, listen, if you get a free ticket or you're thinking about checking it out, just go to them or check out Meliara anyway. Mm. So, uh, who's your next misunderstood artist? I, my next, uh, I nearly said my mixed. My mixed. Um, and it fits with the name of the band. My next band is No Effect. No um, this is a band that I'm actually not really that into. Really? I, uh, they're fine. They're yeah. perfectly fine. Um, I think that the reason I think they're misunderstand, misunderstand, misunderstood is I think that... I'm <laughs> misunderstanding what you're yeah, saying. <laughs> I think that people consider them to be uh, one of these kind of... Dick joke fucking bands. Yeah, right, okay. And um, I think that the first couple of albums were most certainly that. They were about, you know, drinking cans in the field yeah. and pissing on people and looking at the size of my dick. You know, it was just party stupid California garbage. Do you know what I mean? Um, what I learned later, because there was a couple of songs, there was like um, Bottles to the Ground and oh, the I love that song. And, yeah, Luck on Life, yeah. Yeah, like, there was yeah a you got of me songs. that. You got me with that. I'm yeah. straight in there. And there's a couple of those songs that are just they're just super. They're super. Yeah. And the albums are fine, but they're just more the same kind of California. Not pop punk, really, but that... You see, in their defense, right, I think that pop punk sounds like the audible representation of what like a sinus infection should sound like. Yeah. Or maybe just AIDS, in general. <laughs> maybe a specific... Is it, is it lots of different types of AIDS? No, it's just the AIDS, isn't it? I think it's just AIDS, it's just yeah. AIDS yeah. yeah. It's, it's only got one good album. Yeah. <laughs> AIDS has only one good album. <laughs> It hasn't got any EPs like oh, the way hepatitis and Lord, yeah, cancer does. A few side projects. Yeah, it doesn't have it. It's just, it's just you gotta. It's fucking. So I consider them a sinus infection that you get while maybe you have AIDS. I don't know. Yeah, but um, I, that's not that's not nice. That's no. not a nice thing to say. There's people listening and going, "That's not nice." But I was uh, trying to just trying to say how much I dislike pop punk. However. I think no effects are like a curable version of that. Yes. So I'm like, this isn't, this is, it manage, it's manageable. In terms of like musical ability, they're fine. They're not, so you'll hear no effects fans talking about how fucking great they are. They're fine. Whatever, the drummer's real fast and they keep up with them. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? They win. Super. What I will tell you is that in terms of like vocal melodies, they're fucking outrageous. Funny story about no effects. I never used to play them because I didn't play any pop punk bar maybe a couple of Offspring songs yeah. when I was working in Fibbers, uh, flip, flip, Flipper, Flipper McDolphins. Flumper McFlumes. Yeah. Uh, and then... Me and Bacchus. In their... Yeah. In their infinite wisdom, they decided to, without consulting me at all, get all pictures, posters of bands framed around the place. Yeah. And one of them directly across from the DJ box was no effects. The yeah. one with George Bush on, and with yeah. the clown face on mm. it. Which made my job, obviously... That is actually the album I'm talking about. Is, it is, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and I'll get into that now. That is... Um, that made my job quite difficult because people come over and request it and I go, I don't have any. The, the first balls. thing they would do, 
So I listened to maybe like I think I got a, a compilation CD which had I'm not joking you 27 songs on it or something oh, yeah. like that and it was fucking 15 minutes long and Bottles to the Ground was the one I'd play because yeah. it starts off nice and the riff is the, the riff and the melody in that song are really good and I'd get away with that and as well as that I wasn't a really super obvious no effects song so exactly. it kept everybody happy it kept people that didn't really like no effects that much they'd sort of dance to it yeah. so that was my get out of jail no effects well, card this the reason I picked no effects is like I said I think people thought they were just a piss head dick joke fucking fart band um, that were just the same as fucking a million other bands like that but at some stage in like 2003 that album that you just mentioned that's called uh, The War on Errorism I was going to call it The Art of War but I'm yeah. glad you yeah. The War on Errorism and the picture of George W. Bush painted as a clown that's actually a good name but on that album they swapped their kind of dick jokes or fart jokes for you know, like environmental issues and political issues. And then Green Day went, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that album is fucking superb. Yeah. It's superb. The song I picked is called The Irrationality of Rationality. And it's just about... Um, it doesn't even really have a chorus. That's what's interesting about the song. It's, gonna, it's not even that long. It's only four minutes long, which is long enough for them. But it's no real chorus. It just has this vocal hook that it uses um, to tell little mini stories. And it's about... It's about a million different things. People should listen to it and pay attention to the lyrics. And just imagine that, like, two years before that, these ads were, you know... I farted. Uh, yeah, I farted. You smelled it, and then we all died, or whatever. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, fucking farted in a bottle, then you drank it, it was great. Oh, yeah. Like I was with your girlfriend, and then my dick is itchy. Exactly. That type of nonsense. Yeah. So imagine that, like, a couple of years beforehand, that's what they were singing about. And now they're writing songs like Franco, Un-American. And, oh, I do like that song as well, actually. Right? They're all on this album. Yeah. This album is well, maybe you like that album, then. Um, the Irrationality of Rationality. And it's about people who work for companies who eventually work there so long they stop caring what the companies do because they have to pay the mortgage. Yeah. And they could be adding to the downfall of the civilization as they know it, but they have to pay Which the Which, in essence, rent. is where punk started. To a degree. So, to a degree. I think so they kind of went back to the roots about that. To a degree. Uh, this, <laughs> well, they never had the roots. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? But like, that band started in 1983. I'm always surprised to hear when bands like that, I always forget that that's not just a, oh, let's start a band. They've no, been going forever. Well, Orange County, around. I don't know where they're from, but like California. Yeah, they're, they're they're hanging around doing all that stuff in um, small basements. And stuff their first uh, demo was inter- interesting. It's actually called it's called Talinamoid Child, and uh, it was reduced by uh, the drummer from the Germs, which is real weird. Pat Smear. <laughs> yeah, but just more Pat Smear. Just keep talking about Pat Smear. Um, yeah, it was just uh, produced by the drummer from the Germs, and uh, it's impossible to get. There's a couple of bootlegs down the rounds. Um, he Fat Mike the singer set a record label called Fat Records that became one even of I most, know what that is exactly that became one of the most important kind of punk rock American style punk rock record labels of all time that and maybe Epitaph is that something um, to do with the Warped Tour did they start that nah, or is that just but they would have all those labels would have provided bands you know yeah. like Warped Tour was a whole different animal right. maybe Fat Rick got involved at the start but um, Warped Tour kind of became a joke as time went on it started really really strong and they had their following and instead of instead of putting the bands on the people wanted to hear, they kept introducing these new kind of emos, not the right word, but all that kind of what's called degent, fucking degent, oh, and, yeah, but all that oh. crab walky shy, and they start where people kind of are more impressed with what they're doing rather than what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that they can windmill for an hour. Just, <laughs> yeah, just well a foot off the ground, seven strings. Yeah, and you can't hear Eight any strings. of them. Can't hear any of them. Ten strings, yeah. girl. Yeah, a, a tronty a tronty stringed guitar does not make. They're better, but yeah, he started Fat Records. He's the main guy for that. Um, they they were fucking huge. They put out albums by everybody in that punk scene. Um, yeah. English bands, fucking. They attempted to do some Irish bands. We talked about that before. 
Um, they've been around forever. Uh, the biggest issue with Fat Records is that all their albums sound the exact same. They have a particular way of making it. Yeah. And God help you if you deviate from it. If you don't want your album to sound like that, get the fuck don't out of Don't go to them. Yeah, don't go to but them. Don't go to them if you want not to it, get it's just popular not in that genre. But yeah, like I said, I think they got they grew as a band. And I believe now if you were to introduce somebody to NoFX, you'd introduce them to that slightly politically charged stuff as opposed to the dick joke stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's, it's not necessarily better or more relevant. It's just overwhelmingly more positive than listening to another band. But they probably had to shit or get off the pot lyrically as well. I wish they... Well, here, here's the thing. I think what happened is that it was around the time that all these documentaries, all these Michael Moore documentaries... Yeah, yeah. Out, you know what I mean? And people they started got popping woke. On. Yeah, they woke the fuck they up. They got yeah, woke. Exactly. And then they started doing this um, like punk voter website and they started releasing... Uh, I think it was around the time George W's fucking seconds fucking run or so I can't remember what it was or his first run and they were releasing all these compilations to like fund anti-republican uh, presidential runs and you know they were trying to get all this shit together interestingly enough so Fat Mike started this kind of left wing um, punk voter movement right. and Michael Graves the second singer from the Misfits started yeah. like a, a republican punk website because he's a mad kind of right wingy kind of deal is he? oh yeah big time did not know that yeah big time and uh, he started like the opposition to was, Fat it, Mike was it called dig up your votes <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it was called <laughs> dig up your votes <laughs> I'm not proud of that what a song I'm not proud of that that's dig a banger Grave is absolutely outrageous outrageous song. I love Michael Graves era music. I do as well actually yeah. I am um, but yeah that's that, that was that was me what's your next one Deftones I don't think anyone's going to be surprised that they are a misunderstood band if or from some people not everyone Deftones fans will know why I'm saying that they came out when new metal was yep. kicking off, but it didn't sound like new metal. I don't, I don't think care. it really did. I, it I don't no, care what anybody no. says. It, it, it could, it could be its cousin at the time. Yeah. It could have been. It's then it, it deviated it, nicely away that, from all that. That that fucking forced Deftones album, Adrenaline, Adrenaline, Adrenaline has more in common with Fear Factory than fucking Limp Bizkit or Corn. They were definitely like heavier than all. They that. were one hundred percent heavier. They were one hundred percent more artsy. One hundred percent more musically involved. Yeah. And I, I fucking love the album. Uh, now I, I have a, I have the maddest love hate relationship with Deftones in the world. Yeah. I, uh, I fucking worship those first three albums. I'm mad for them. After that, I had to literally cherry pick songs off albums. Well, it, that's it got too yeah, wishy washy for me. The, the riffs left and the kind of synthy soundscapey atmospheric stuff came in. Well, that ties into why I think they're misunderstood. They have that era, mm. which is now what I would consider them to be bigger for. That includes like. Post rock, uh, fucking yeah. shoegaze. The definitely shoegaze. Shoegaze. There's a little bit of synth in there. Yeah. Trip hop on yeah. a white pony. Yeah. I mean, that's when they first white pony. I think was the first white time. pony is the turning point for that band. I Absolutely, think. it's when they. It's you know the, the difference with that album is that's when they they got the Frank Delgado on a synth yeah. and turntables as a main member. Mm-hmm. It's when Chino started to play guitar. Everything started to come full circle for them and they became Deftones really what I consider them there now I still if you look up best new metal bands they're going to be in the top three three era yeah it, it's just what they got yeah. bought into so I don't think it's any surprise to people why they are misunderstood but that is um, the, the 40 you go with Deftones now obviously the quality didn't stay as strong as White Pony I don't think but they still have I'm talking five bangers per album. I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say as many as that, but again, yeah. I wouldn't be as balls deep in the later stuff as you. Like the stuff like uh, Cherry Waves and all that's just incredible. Yeah, and um, Phantom Bride. Phantom Bride with Jerry Cantrell is just, just so outrageous. incredible. It's outrageous. And 
like well, I, I went to see them when they played um, here in Dublin, whatever it was, a year ago, a few months ago. I can't, time has no meaning. Yeah, it could be. Do you know what? When that, whenever that happens, it was seven years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twenty years ago. That's how we deal with time now. Once upon a time, death They did two in a row in Vicar. Two in a row in Vicar Street, and they were phenomenal. I went to I think the second one. Yeah, I went to the second one as well. Yeah, and uh, I caught I'd say eighty percent of it, and the band were over in the pub with us beforehand, and they were lovely. Um, I don't know what pub you're talking about, either way. And um, God, <laughs> uh, and she, I, I, she I, now pulling I, Guinness, yeah, because a certain other actually we shouldn't talk about him. Mm. Was pulling Guinness there? His here, one of his heroes. It's become a thing. Yes, yeah. it has become a thing to pull a Guinness in the Thomas House yeah. across the road from Vicar Street venue. Um, I they, I'd say half of that set was stuff I didn't really know, but I still enjoyed the shit out of it. It, it fits. They, they play heavy on the album they're promoting. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing because they pick the good ones of off. Course. They don't, yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I do think that people think of Deftones. They think of like Shove It and fucking yeah. all that kind of stuff. And again, it's all amazing. Yeah. But they definitely got lumped into that new metal. Yeah. So I think I picked Digital Bat. I think if you were to, you couldn't put that into a new metal. You absolutely can't. And it's one of, their, it's one of my favorite songs with them. Super. And vocally, it's just powerhouse. Yeah. It's just it's, it's super. It's fantastic. Like that, even that fourth album has that shoegazy element. They yeah. embraced it more and more. He is album. a massive Smiths and Cure fan, which is why he covers them on. You know, he covers that one. Covers Shade. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's, it's phenomenal. Covers please Durand. Me, covers please, Dur- please let me get what I want. Yeah. There. Covers Duran Duran the show for which is again Everyone's talked about done it before, that, but it's great. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal covers. It's Duran Duran probably don't even know why that's that popular. They never play it. Yeah. But it has been covered by them sneaker pimps. You name it. Do Duran Duran play the first half? Of uh, actually no, let's not do that. We'll Go on, that was that the last time. No, no, right. We won't. We won't. We'll, let's stay stay on target. We'll, we'll put around 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 our mention soon. One hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so uh, right. who's, your, who's your next one? My next one is Ice Motherfucking T. He is uh, definitely misunderstood to be not one of the greats. Ice T is my favorite rapper of all time, and he is not my favorite rapper because he has the best rap songs. But I think that he is the most authentic person to be involved in that scene and I think that he's authentic because he pretty much invented it yeah um, I picked a song called The Tower which is just a mad underrated he is very real in it you're right he is just that's, he's, he's an not, album he's called not, Return of the Real like, there you go <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean he's there's no real he, he doesn't get bought, caught up in that drinking bubbly out of a board's arsehole kind of <laughs> scene you know what I mean like it, it's not yeah. There's, there's definitely sex, and he's probably shot money. more people than he admits in his songs. He's an actual gangbanger, an yeah. actual gangbanger. Yeah, like photos of him. Yeah. Like, went to jail. You know what I mean? Now he was a marine to start. With. He was in the, I was in the army. He was in the U.S. military anyway for years, and then he got out, and uh, he ended up kind of falling into that into that that world. But um, he's widely uh, kind of lauded for the first popular gangster rap song. Um, That's right. Six in the morning. That's right, yeah. And uh, there were other songs that were definitely they were underground. Which they were massively big. influenced NWA. Big time. Big time. And easy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like that, there would be none of those bands without Six in the Morning. Absolutely. And it's just that song. Like, if yeah. you listen to that album, the album's called Ryan Pays, I think. Um, I think it's Ryan Pays. And uh, that album, I think, what was it? That album it was the second album ever to have to have the parental advisory sticker on it. Right. The second. The first one was a Slick Rick album. Slick Rick. Yeah. I like some Slick some Rick Some Slick stuff. Rick is savage. Really? Yeah. Is. Um, 
But yeah, I think it was I think it was Roy Pay has had to have it. They were actually all his early albums were reissued recently, and the, the pressings are, are are just super. They're really good. They're actually the parental advisory sticker has been changed, to, and it's not square. It still says all the same shit, and it's got a list of some of the, the kind of hits and singles that run it. But it's the shape of like an open condom, like a, a, G, a Jimmy hat, as the lads would call it, a Jimmy hat. Yeah. But yeah, six in the morning would have been the biggest. Um, not even biggest, but a popularized gangster rap because it was yeah. about being chased by the cops. Yeah, and uh, from that point on, he got really big. It, it just exploded for him, so he fully embraced. Um, I, I read his book before. It's called uh, "The Ice Opinion," and it's uh, it's very interesting. He's talking about that's an obscure title. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's it's interesting because it's, it's actually written like a like a questionnaire. So I think he got some journalists in to ask him questions. And he oh, just writes, that's actually a good way to yeah, do it. I it's think, not yeah. like a biography. Really. I like that. It's somebody's asking questions. And that's, he, that's, he gives that makes sense for his personality yeah. more so than... And, uh, those to remember shit. If you want to ask me something, ask me. Yeah, 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 yeah I'll, I'll like give that. you a big, long answer about yeah. it. But one of the things he was Henry Rollins about, would do better with that as well, I think. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. Than just being let loose. Yeah, exactly. Please yeah. stop talking, just, Henry. Just, just yeah. narrow them down to answer, singular questions. Yeah. Answer fuck off. Well, I think in 19... Oh, what was it again? Yeah, exactly. He has a book of all of his... Dates. Oh yeah, yeah. Every gig yeah, he's out. Let's not talk about Henry Rollins though. Ice Day for another day. In this book, explained that at the time, all MCs, MCs weren't even a big thing. MCs were just uh, accompanying DJs. Yeah. But every MC just rapped about like rocking the party. You know, put your hands in the air, wave them. Yeah. Like, you just don't care, whatever the fuck. It Do was. you like sex? Yeah. We love it exactly. as well. You know, all we're the girls also on this side. we're yeah. also sex men. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god drugs as well mad into we're into all yeah yeah except he was into metal as well he was mad into metal yeah he doesn't drink actually he doesn't drink or smoke weed iced tea not even in long island no not even one no he just took the name oh, I'm, you know what i'm gonna listen back and just go what were you thinking about <laughs> all the amount of shit jokes i made in this <laughs> go on here. um but yeah he, he popularized gangster rap he, um that song itself six in the morning i, I don't i don't think it's great Right, it's super proto rap. It it's, it's rough, isn't it? It's rough as fuck, you know, and it's real cheesy. But <laughs> like th- again, this is years before NWA. This is years before. It's, you can definitely hear <coughs> "Boys in the Hood" comes from that song. One hundred percent. Like that song. Well, that, easy, that sounds Boys like in the hood. Th- those like Akai samplers they had and and, and the eight oh eights and all like that. That's all they had. Did they not know how to turn the snare down on them? <laughs> that, that's, that, that's what they were using. <laughs> that's essentially. A high half for a band. It's yeah. just a timekeeper. It's not even really meant to be an instrument, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the war samples, and they all cut in on top of each other and all that garbage. But that—that's all they had. There was no real sampling or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was born out of sampling, yeah, they couldn't use samples. It just wasn't a fucking thing, you yeah. know. And uh, so they had to create their own music. It was only later, as time went on, that they started sampling soul bands and funk bands and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Ice I think, is misunderstood. Because I think people think that they only, they only know like Law and Order and crappy movies. A lot movies. of people think, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think a lot of people, like, especially people that don't know a lot of, well, I won't say not know a lot about rap, but listen to, for me, it's only like later when I went back and went, Jesus, he's actually got some killer, killer stuff. It's absolutely. a banana's career. Yeah. He's got a new album due out and they released like a little teaser, um, kind of like a half of a track with a video and it's very, very good. Now, I will say that his last hip hop album was fucking garbage. Yeah. I, for life, I think it's called like, Blood and guns. Are, so it was. It was fucking garbage. Hot garbage. It was so bad. I don't have enough words to tell you how bad it was. So, but I believe with the resurgence of body count, the body count doing well, and maybe him being back in the studio and hearing how good production can sound now. Um, 
the teaser I heard for the new hip hop song is it's fucking proper. Like so, hopefully this new album is killer. I, I hope it can be. Also, his real name is fucked up. His name is Tracy Merrill. I knew his name was Tracy. Actually, Tracy, yeah. I forgot about that. Tracy Merrill. And That's he's a not, huge he, name in, uh, in America. Like yeah, for a fella. Like he's actually from he's from New Jersey. He's not even from California. Is he New Jersey? He's born in New Jersey. Yeah, he has that in a tour song called "That's How I'm Living." That's his entire life story. And it's, it's, that'll be a good introduction track for somebody who wants to know a little bit more about what he's taking. Yeah. There's a great remix of it on a 12-inch that has this kind of acoustic guitar sample that's real cool. But uh, yeah, that's my one. Yeah, yeah. What's your next? The band Manson. Not to be confused with Manson. Manson. Marilyn Manson. You have to say Manson, don't Manson, you? Manson, you have to hit that you, you, you have to hit you real hard. Or else like, like Marilyn. Like. Yeah. No. Marilyn. Manson are... As people will, some people will think, a Britpop band, One yeah. Hit Wonders. No. One Hit Wonders with Wide Open Space, which is an absolutely phenomenal song. Yeah. That would have been one of the darker songs of... This is the funny thing. Wide Open Space would have been one of the darker songs of Britpop compilations. But by their standards, one of the lesser dark songs that they released, mm. I think. Yep. Now... It does have that Gregorian kind of chant at the end of it as well, which just wasn't the thing in Britpop. No. And here's the reason. They're not a fucking Britpop They're band. Britpop band. They're absolutely not. If you go back and listen to which, like, I think, I, I'm so glad I did. Not just listen to that song and go, right, that was great. Now, I know they had tax loss before that, but I hadn't heard that. Mm. Before, my first introduction was uh, Wide Open Space. And it's me got too. it's gothy as well, which makes me instantly love it because yeah. it has the chants and I, I always I always felt they had more in line with, like, they, they had this weird kind of indie prog vibe about them more than... Yeah, well, they're an alternative rock band, yeah. really. They like just to take Tax Loss for instance. That sounds like ta- a little bit like Tax Man yeah. by the Beatles. It has that. It's almost like homage to it, but a little bit of a fucking pissed. Not pissed. Like, not, it's not. They're not cynical because he's mm. from Liverpool. I don't think for any reason he would not like the Beatles. And I think everyone from Liverpool, the same way as if you talk to anyone from Sweden, they love yeah. Abba. There's no taking the piss. It does have... So it goes ser- in U2. Absolutely. Or like the cars. Aslan. Or the cars. Yeah. Which we're not allowed. I got some like. flack about my uh, my cars comments on one of the podcasts. Did you? Yeah. Come on, before we go into it, what, what happened? No, no, just people didn't. People was, was it Jim Carr himself going? Maybe it was one of his little sub-accounts. Yeah. Is it fucking Shim Carr? Fucking <laughs> message me. Shim Har fucking message me. It's like, I did not say that to you. <laughs> um, I I didn't slam the door in your face after. Yeah. <laughs> oh when, yeah, yeah, we did. I forgot we went into that. Yeah. yeah. But listen, listen. Attack of the Grey Lantern, their first album, is an absolute stone cold masterpiece of an album. It's absolutely bananas. But I just knew it again uh, when yeah, he announced that gig uh, down the road a while ago, um, which was phenomenal. And he did, he's uh, so Paul Draper's doing his his own stuff now. And did you say Sir Paul Draper? Is he a Sir? No, I you said Sir Paul Draper. I said sure. All right, sure Paul. Did I? <laughs> you said Sir Paul Draper. Go to Big Sir. The trails there's not a deadly Irish band. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you go to Big Sir? I fucking hate the trails, mm. but you know, Ben, I don't hate Manson. Back to them. <laughs> they have. I think the, it's a man made of sons. I think I just was curious to read their influences, and when I read it, it makes loads of sense. So David Bowie and Duran Duran are yeah. there. The band's, two of the band's biggest mm-hmm. ones. I think that if you've never listened to them and you're a Fate No More fan, I think you'd mm-hmm. like them based mm-hmm. on the amount of synths they use. The fact that they write songs in different styles with absolutely no 
hesitation, but somehow they all fit into that. And the song I picked is Naked Twister because yeah. it's just there's no particular reason. I just like people to listen to this rather than Wide Open Space uh, for just impeccable songwriting. And it's a really kind of emotional song on the on the outskirts of it. It does have the feel, but that was the one I saw in the Workman's with um or the Working Man's Den. She's got to stop naming fucking pubs that don't give us any money. We will name anything for money. Let's get this. Oh out. my god! Let's get this out right now. I'll name anything for Literally, money. I'll get your brand's logo tattooed on my. I'll dick. put your shite band on a playlist of best songs of all time forever. Would you get a, would you get a logo tattooed on your bell end? No. What about the Spotify logo? Would you not get that on your on a ball? How much would they give me? I don't know. Like a free Spotify for life. Can I get the two unlimited on the other ball? Is that logo on the other ball? Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Get the brass logo. If you're under any illusion about Manson being a one-hit wonder Britpop wide open space, you need to listen to Attack of the Grey Lantern. Their second album, Six, was even more experimental, but it didn't do well at all. Yeah, it didn't do well at all, which is why their third album sounds like what you may imagine Manson if you didn't know about them. It went pop. Many albums did they put out? Four, I believe. Four. Yeah. Um, internal conflict. They were a band that were never going to last, mm. battering each other or not. Um. St- they're really cynical. They're, I love cynicism in lyrics, and I love it. Absolutely love that kind <laughs> of cynical take on things. A little bit snarky, especially the first two albums. Like I said, the third one, Little Kicks, I wouldn't be mad into it. It went quite poppy. They wanted the money. <laughs> maybe. I could be wrong. Mm. They wanted maybe the rec- real heavy pressure from the record label. Yeah. But please listen to Attack of the Grey Land from start to finish and just realise how ma- mad that album is. Yeah, it's, 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 as, it's as mad as a fight in more album, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm linking it to them it's not going to sound like funk yeah. mad funk rap it's not but it's, it's going to have that element of we're going to s- sing and write whatever comes to our heads and try and tie it all together in the studio and they did with that phenomenal who's your next one my last one their last one I believe is uh, very much going to defy the opinions it's a band I really like and I have no hesitation about telling people I tell people this on a weekly basis uh, it's uh, My Chemical Romance oh they're misunderstood for being good when they're not <laughs> no no. Um, I know them, yeah. I was like everybody else my age. I fucking hated them. I couldn't. I hadn't heard the song and I hated them. God, I just... I didn't... You know what? What I did was I looked at them and went, my hate is growing at such a rapid pace. Yeah. I tried to just flick a switch and yeah. pretend I never saw it. Yeah. Because if I had to... I never even listened to much of their stuff. Yeah. Because I never played well, it when I was DJing. Same. And I felt... I felt if... The more I know about them, the more hatred will yep. grow. I was the exact same for years. So I just try and put water on that... Or, or dry that... Dry that out. Put water on that fire. Yeah. Dry that plant. I was going to say, put water on that plant. That's <laughs> not how you stop something from growing. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. For so long, I just couldn't. Awful fans. Just ter- well, it wasn't even about awful fans because the fans are all like young fucking girls and yeah, awful. But it, because of like the kind of fashion style and the way they dress and the way they looked, and I just couldn't fucking do it. Look, the fans look like they got a, a birthday present of a Claire's accessories voucher. And yeah. they had to spend it in the one day. Yeah, and they started just buying random shit. That's and exactly. Stuck yeah. it on, and, and it was it wasn't even Halloween. Just, I just, they were not for me. Even before I even heard them, they were not for me. Let's just put it that way. And it was about, I'm going to say, four years ago, maybe five. This is well after. I mean, they, yeah. they went 2001 to 2013. Like, I did not listen to this band until they were well dead. In the ground, yeah. you know. And uh, they done four albums. I did not listen to the first album. The one um, with the artwork that he drew. Oh, I can't fucking remember. Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I know the one. Um... I didn't listen to that at all. Listen to uh, Welcome to Black Pride, which is the big one. That's the big kind of big banger album. And, is uh, that a concept album? 
kind of has a feel of it yeah, look of it yeah there's definitely a theme but it's yeah. not done very well let's let's put it that way yeah. it's like the songs don't really tie together you know it's probably a concept album in that like it's shit that happened to him in his life during the two years they were writing or something but in the, there's yeah. no I, it feels like there is a theme but it's so vague I wouldn't even call it yeah. call it it's, it's not like fucking Tommy or something you know it, it doesn't have that feel but I actually my girlfriend listened to it and uh, sorry ladies <laughs> that's how I got into it yeah she said she, she always liked them and uh, every now and again she'd bang like some CD on in the car and uh, I didn't know who it was it was playing it was, oh, it was on her birthday when you let her play a CD in the car probably Jesus yeah, probably yeah. you could sit in the front and, uh, um, I just know you you're like it must, have, it must have been a fucking cold day in hell when you happened. allowed the, that CD to go something. on in your car where, maybe, you, have, maybe where I, you are trapped with that sound well, maybe I forgot our birthday again I did do that two years in a row just write the sweetest thing yeah oh well, I'm fucking sorry whatever that is in Polish um, uh, she put it on and I didn't know who it was and I was like holy shit that's actually pretty fucking good and uh, she put more of it on then she obviously sensed a fucking weakness now she started picking the songs oh, more yeah, accurately yeah, oh, oh hang on hang on I got them right here yeah. don't fuck this up exactly and uh, which is what we do on this entire this podcast is this, this is what this podcast yeah, exactly. is we're selling you on the, on the, on the wounds but uh, yeah, yeah I just I took a liking to it I didn't even know it was them because like I said I didn't even know what they sound like I knew what they looked like and I wasn't into it right and this weird adamant style fucking emo-ish kind of band that's yeah. just, like they had all the marching bands dressed like that as well oh, yeah, yeah yeah and I think it was only for that album for that right, Black Parade right. album well that makes sense they're marching bands yeah whatever. and uh, I listened to it I went off and I bought the album and I listened to it from start to finish and I was sold uh, for me they are pretty much a modern queen which is, again I'm not selling them to you no um, they sound like what queen would sound like if queen well uh, started. to be fair you don't need to sell them to me that much yeah. the reason that for years I refused to play them when I was uh, DJing. I wanted Emo to die quickly so yes. I could get over it. The same way I wanted Dubstep to die so I could get over it quickly. I don't want to be associated with the guy who played yeah. that shit. But then I realised that music was getting worse and worse, especially with absolute dirt, like Five yeah. Finger Death Punch coming out, yeah. which is basically make Disturbed look like uh, fucking... Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, or just fucking Emerson, Lake and Palmer, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, but So I never played them, and I actively, like I said shut myself off until I started running that karaoke night where I let people sing whatever mm. the fuck they want request mm. whatever they want people kept going can you get more of my comic romance I, like, I don't, literally don't care what you sing pay me stuck it on so 90% of the songs I've heard by my comic romance have been sung by a drunk young person and I started to go that's not a bad song yeah They're that's well actually not a bad song I picked a song called uh, The Sharpest Lives and uh, like The I, Sharpest Knives ooh. but Lives yeah it actually, it actually that was a joke that's what he did yeah I don't have any jokes left in me after this <laughs> it's just the bottom of the barrel <sighs> I'm not making a joke that's 100% what he meant by that I guarantee you and um, I picked that song it's a good the sharpest ground. life in the draw, draw. Uh, the sharpest that's, life in the draw that's what he's doing yeah maybe go maybe. on tell me about um, this song sell it to me no no, I shouldn't I shouldn't I should just well, sell it to people, people who are listening know. for the misunderstanding I think that they grew exponentially from the band people first heard yeah. so I think they that first album there's a couple of great songs in that first album as well I would have put them with Funeral for a Friend yeah that's what I'm saying but that's yeah. really where they, yeah. they, were, they were absolutely 100% in that in that mix um, they definitely grew out of it and it became they, they did fall into the fucking ballad trap 
and they fell into the kind of rock and roll trap. But they they also did start experimenting. Like the, the last album, I think, was called Danger Days, and it wasn't good. To be honest with you, it wasn't good. It was this kind of. I think the theme of that was this weird kind of Japanese Gwen Stefani type of fucking. I I, I, don't, I can't even describe it. It just wasn't. Yeah. It, it felt like it was rushed because they wanted to just shoot this fucking pony in the head. You know what I mean? I actually watched a documentary on them. Really? Yeah, it was on YouTube, so mm. it was thrown together. But he was an absolute fiend for drugs and alcohol, like dangerously. Well, like the band were like, maybe, yeah. the band were like, he's gonna fuck this up. Mm. He was out of control, absolutely. Like, and then on top of that, fucking mad depressed mm. and probably on suicide watch. I think it was. He like, is. He was, he's strangely enough, he is a friend of a good friend of mine from the states, and. Uh, my friend's a guy called Tommy Lee Edwards. He's a comic book artist. And uh, I I knew that your man, the singer from My Chemical Romance, Jared Way, was mad in the comics. And I knew that he formed the band My Chemical Romance. It's actually Gerard Way. Gerard, whatever. <laughs> um, I knew that he was mad in the comics because I read something about he was in the Kubert School of Comics in New York and he was there for uh, 9-11. So this band started in 2001 and apparently he formed the band... Um, like a, a couple of days or a week or two after on, the, fucking, on ground zero on ground zero yeah exactly um, it, it was after that he decided to kind of knock the comic book stuff in the head he wanted to do music that's impressive that that wasn't his first protocol I'll give him that like uh, well here's, here's it, it gets weirder because a couple of years later he um, he wrote a comic book and um, it was very very well received incredibly well received and uh, it's called The Umbrella Academy Netflix and Netflix have turned it into a show and it's huge it's that was genuinely huge. good yeah you were telling me about this and I was like no and I watched two and I went this is dog shit mm. I stuck with it and by the end I was like that's actually yeah it's big it's fun like, that's, that's his I think his first love of comic books yeah so uh, he finally got that he's done a couple of different projects now he's done one called the, the Life of the Fabulous Killjoys or something like that and I think that was either that was a song or an album by Chemical Romance as well he's a solo artist now he does sound so I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't heard a fucking peep but I don't care, I don't care. sounds like he's listened to lots of Jack Black maybe I, 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 I haven't heard a single Jack Ward. Black Jack White he's definitely not listening to Jack. same difference Barry, Barry, Barry White Barry White Barry White um, I, I, I don't care I don't care it's literally just, just those two chemical romance albums the first one and the second one I, I like them a lot I find them yeah whoever was actually writing the songs whether it was him or whether it was a guitarist whoever, whoever was doing it the way it were put together the way they recorded I like the, I like the way the uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge that album is recorded it's kind of got this weird punky feel that's the first album isn't it yeah. yeah it's got this I think there's like an EP before that but um, they all do yeah except uh, heads except heads just, they're just straight up like oh no he had an EP called Hey. Um, no, I'm not gonna do it. He, uh, the, the, the album just—it sounds a little bit punkier, and that's the one that put them in with "Funeral for a Friend" and all that type of malarkey. But by the second one, I think they definitely grown out of that, and they were definitely going for that more big stage show, operatic, big production feel. Yeah. And the songs took on that element as yeah. well. They, they stepped out around shadow. I like when bands do that. To be honest with yeah. you, they start ramping up at yeah. the orchestras. Just push it as far as you that, want to go. That's with it. exactly what that Black Parade album feels like. Yeah. Now. It's dated a little bit because it's not as big as something that's big now. And it will now. always be emo. Will always be in that window. It doesn't matter yeah. how good. Yeah, I don't think it, I, I'll be honest with you. As much as I think some of the songs are okay, it will has and never will transcend the emo. It'll never no. stand outside no. of that. The way Deftones moved outside of yeah. new metal. No, it's not. Well, first of all, it's over. They're yeah, gone. It's, so it's they, gone. They, they never have the chance to do it. No. Uh, what I will say that if you're, if you're DJing and you've got the right people in the room and you hit them with something like the actual the title track, the whole room. Or it's singing, not okay. Is a, they, is a big yeah, one. Exactly. 
Um, the people, they will lose their goddamn fucking minds. They will lose their goddamn minds. It's just, they had this weird cultural effect on people who are maybe 10 years younger than us that we definitely didn't feel. We no. did not feel the it effects of that band. It actually was an effort for us to, well, yeah. I'm still not really, I'm not Yeah, really exactly. Concerned. But it would have been an effort for anyone over a certain age to, to go back there. It'd be like trying to listen to Barney the Dinosaur, the rap album, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you can't do it. Yeah. If someone told you fucking Kill Keith made it, you're still not going to listen to Barney the Dinosaur's rap album, you know what I mean? I think to look at our, just to wrap up, I think to look at our list, it looks like a shit fest. Yes. Which is the idea, I think, of this. Pretty much. Not as much as one of the other podcasts we're going to do soon, yeah. but this is, um, like, our controversial dislikes one, which was really big. Thanks for everyone to listen to that yeah. one, by the way. Um, looked like a list of incredible bands and songs, but we were talking about what we didn't like them. Yeah. This is a little bit different in terms of, like, we feel that these are bands we, we find ourselves constantly defending. Yeah. And um, definitely. I don't know if we convinced a single person to listen to this playlist but not necessarily but may- maybe arms with the little bit of knowledge not even knowledge just opinion maybe yeah absolutely that we've given maybe they'll listen to it and hear it in a different light yeah yeah and i will say uh thanks for people for giving their um suggestions we had a couple of people who asked about um songs from soundtracks big yeah, songs soundtracks, so we will do this that's been on the list for a while that's been on the list but now it's being pushed ramp- ramped up forward a lot because we yeah. had a lot of people asking about that. And so, we will someone put up, someone done a post about one of the soundtrack doing a, a soundcast, doing a soundtrack podcast, and uh, whichever way they worded it, I just literally by the time I finished reading the sentence, I I had every song picked already. That's good. Yeah, it's just it was one of those. Yeah, just perfect. The more information you want to give us on what, yeah. what how you want us to go about it, because exactly. it's we try and add a little bit of spice to it. To make it qualifiers are just you know limited a little bit or put it down a certain avenue, which makes it harder for us. The harder it is for us, the, the better I think we do. So, um, <coughs> well, I but think we, we are actually doing homework as well. That's the thing. We're not. We the, are the, the hardest homework. part of this podcast is you will instantly come up with the idea for the band or the song that you want to throw into the playlist, but there's no point in just saying the name of that fucking band or God song no. well that's the idea of this yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so well, we are doing research uh, and for, what, for the certain difficult. things we don't know yeah because there is a, we, there is a lot of learning that we're doing and uh, well, that's a, if we're doing dates well, well yeah, stuff like you that you want to nail it yeah yeah. Like, so anyway listen we better leave it at that that's the longest podcast we've ever done that's nearly an hour and a half wow yeah super thanks uh, see you next time didn't need to piss once wow anyway good night I see you next week I did. just done it just did it savage